ghetto, the backyard, the yard. I sell it with my What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in the Maha City in Denver, Colorado, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You're tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro to Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND. If you know what you want to talk about, you know the rules. It is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Uh, anything that we discussed on yesterday's show or anything we're discussing today that you want to bring to the airways, feel free to do that. The only thing we ask you do is to call during the breaks and be patient during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, keep in mind, if you need to follow me via Twitter slash X, you can do that at Sports Grind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, and I'll read those on air in real time, um, you can go to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment, or you can go to my personal page as well, and you can leave those comments. And like I said, I'll respond to them in real time on air. If not, I'll respond to them later. And if you ever miss any of the episodes live, or you're in a market that doesn't carry us terrestrial radio-wise, or you are uh, having technical difficulties listening to us through your other means, the way you consume us, uh, keep in mind you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast daily, seven days a week, 365. And you can also click the play button and listen to us live straight through sportsgrindonline.com. 877-37-GRIND. What's up, Mr. Clark? You ready? Yes, sir. Ready to rock and roll. All right. So it's Tuesday, so we're going to keep moving along here. Uh, We've got some things to get to, of course. You know, we're going to uh, pick uh, very slowly here and there when it comes to this matchup in Super Bowl 58 because – um, a lot of things I'll have to say will sound redundant, so it's no need to break in this game down every day. We've got enough time to do that uh, before, you know, even a week from this Sunday before kickoff. So, uh, but we do have some other NFL news as well. Uh, you know, you've got the Senior Bowl uh, going on. You got practice, which is a, uh, you know, a very you, you get a lot of quite a few different represent uh, representation from the NFL teams at Senior Bowl because this is time, you know, if you were lucky enough to get a coaching member or staff that coaches one side of these, that's more time that you get to spend with the players, get to evaluate. And really the two big names that are participating is in this uh, is one, of course, Pennick Jr., uh, the quarterback out of Washington that played for the national championship, and Bo Nix out of Oregon. Uh, those are two quarterbacks that are there. Uh, you've got some news surfacing, you know, surfacing in regards to some reports from other executives in the league uh, anticipating the word on the street about Sean Payton and the situation with the quarterback. You know, there's a lot of executives that feel like he's not going to just stay pat, that they expect that he has something brewing under his sleeve. Uh, I'll give my thoughts with that. They've made two hires. Uh, there's two more personnel that are coming from the Saints side. I want to talk about that. There have been some other hirings in regards to the Atlanta Falcons, the Chargers, uh, the Browns as well that I want to touch on. Also, uh, what else we've got going on? Speaking of the Chiefs, uh, you know, kind of knew this kind of yesterday, but uh, they're going to be one man down going into the Super Bowl. They've lost a defensive lineman, Charles. Uh, how does he go? With, what's his last name? 
Oh, Menehue. Uh, Menehue, Charles yeah. Menehue. Uh, those yeah. uh, up in Austin will remember. Uh, he's a Longhorn. He's a Longhorn, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, even that Houston Texans fans. He spent some time with Houston, and he's okay. been with Kansas City for a minute. Well, he's out for the Super Bowl. He's after tearing his ACL in the conference championship game. So um, that's one little minor blow uh, to the defending champs. Uh, we've got numbers in, uh, viewership numbers from that conference championship game that I want to touch on as well, too. Um, also... Uh, college basketball continues to roll on. We'll start getting more into college basketball and keeping you abrupt what's going on during the week. Uh, speaking of Texas, they came up short uh, last night at home against number four Houston Kruger, 76 to 72. Uh, game went into overtime. Very interesting game, competitive game. Uh, but Houston's ranked fourth in the country. Uh, Texas is currently not ranked, but they've played better. I mean, yesterday was really my first time diving into this year's Texas team. Uh, but a very competitive game, but the H-Town scoots out with a win out of Austin. And also, you had number seven Duke, who got a road win, 77-67 to 67, uh, over Virginia Tech. And then tonight, you've got number 15 Texas Tech at number 25 TCU, which, again, the, the thing what I'm seeing on as we you know are about two weeks into conference play now a couple weeks and you know we're going to be here in March before you know it um, the the road wins are just tough to come by uh, in college basketball and it's kind of been like that for the most part but I think that's kind of the story where for one the reason why we had a lot of upsets early on uh, but definitely going to keep the eye into the college basketball scene more intensely going forward Uh, but so before we circle into some NFL news uh, what I do want to start with is the National Basketball Association okay that continues to roll on they're inching closer to their all-star break Uh, pretty much um, the Spurs will start in my backyard Uh, they fail to make it three in a row as they fall to the Wizards uh, 118 to 113 Um, was pretty much controlled for the most part of that game Um, you know they won the third quarter which Jonas has been putting up peeking, peeking up with keeping up with excuse me but then they get the doors blown out of them in the fourth um so, and no, I, I try to rack this off the top of my head. I don't think they've won three games yet in a row, Jonas, all year. Uh, they have not. Okay, and, I figured they I think didn't. they've only won back-to-back twice uh, throughout the course of the year. Yeah. Uh, and one of those, well, just this little recent streak, and the other one, like you mentioned yesterday, against mm. the Suns. Um, you know, when you talk about the mentality, though, about the team and, and not accepting the losing, we talk, and, and I went on the record yesterday. I have no problem being there, too in terms of saying that they are supposed to be hovering around 500 uh, the, rest of this, the rest of the stretch. And Popovich uh, spoke to the media for 36 seconds yesterday in the postgame. And he said, well, that's what I call a self-inflicted loss. I thought Washington played harder than we did. They played smarter. They executed better. We didn't, do en- uh, didn't have enough people playing well or playing smart. And we did that to ourselves. He said, we looked young. We looked immature. We looked foolish. And did not play with each other the way we have been. So that's a disappointment. 36 seconds. Um, I didn't even know that. Look, um, these are games against the Wizards. These are games they're supposed to win. Um, You know, these are the type of games that, you know, 
there's really no excuse of youth or not. Wizards are a bad basketball team. I, I think it's really just comes down to, I keep preaching, it's just the consistency. Uh, they just have not shown consistency with me all season. I know you, you know, we documentary, documented, excuse me, and not just you, but also there's been a locals that you kind of told me, I forgot who it was, that paid attention to this whole third quarter dominance that they went on there for a stretch, even through the losing stretch. Um, to me, that's not the consistency I'm looking for. The consistency is really coming into the wins. And and I said it early on, you know, I would be shocked and hard-pressed um, that this team, I think I said this during the long losing streak they had a couple months back, um, that they're ever going to win five or six games in a row or even go four out of a six, not this particular season. Um, but it just shows that I feel like if it's a real growth, um, when you get a win against a T-Wolves, you know, at home, uh, who went on the road last night, by the way, and beat Oklahoma, which is the top team in the West, uh, when you beat a team like that, um, and prior to that, you handled your business against the Hornets, I believe it was, when you get the Wizards, and especially if you've been losing for a majority of the season, um, it's the young guy. It is up to them to kind of sit there and say, you want to get addicted to that taste and you should be able to beat the Wizards or hold on uh, to be able to beat them. Um, but again, you know, it goes with the process of learning how to win. And uh, I understand that. I'm never, you know, really too much pushed back on that. Mine is just the naked eye test of what I'm seeing in regards to where it doesn't seem like for the most nights, regardless of the lineup, there's really a rhyme or reason of what they're doing systematically. And that's held to a high standard because I've never seen none of Coach Pop's teams, you know, you could say that. You know, now lineups have all you can go back to the title days when they were competing for titles. The set lineup was never really, you know, this is how even when you're going to the playoffs was never really decided under him until you got to pretty much about, I don't know, maybe March, late March. Then you would be like, OK, that's the lineup we're rolling with. That's who's coming off the bench. So even besides whether they're rebuilding, retooling, young, old, when they were even competing with championships. So I don't get too much of alarmed about the, besides the Sohan experiment, I don't get so alarmed about mismatch lineups or consistent lineups because that's always been the case for this team under Coach Pop, even when they were winning titles amongst the big three. Um, to me, it's more of the identity and really what is this team good at? And that's what it has struggled to put in place really for the last couple years about what is the future going forward. It really, to to me, it just comes down to really, um, you know, what I would like as being, you know, them in my backyard, my hometown, me being a Spur fan in regards to rooting for their success is really just the stability up at top, a face of the of, of an owner. And and honestly, like I've thought about this. I mean, if I, to me, yes, if you ask me right now, January 30th, where the, where I stand, I want the Holtz to sell the team. I really do. Um, and I know the consequences that could come with that, because if you preach for that, whether you're looking at ready to turn the page from pop or not, there's a chance that, you know, if it ain't southern regional Texas money, um, there's a good chance in this day and time, the way things are, especially a mad dash to Vegas, you could lose them. Um, I don't think that's the case, but that's even a roll of the dice that I'm willing to take because I just don't believe um, the kids, along with the ex-wife, is really have a passion to run this team. I really don't. And if you don't have that and you don't have a face, 
then who who's the checks and balances for whether you're talking about Pop, uh, Bright, Brian Wright, the GM, and of course RC's more of in a manager CEO role. Okay, so that's really my battle cry going forward. It's just the fact of it is it's to the point now that uh, they do probably need to sell the team to get in a ownership. And look, it's, you know, the average day person like myself and everybody that's listening to the show. Of course, we can sit there and sometimes have dreams like, man, what would that be like to own a professional team? Can you imagine if you could own a professional team? There's a lot of work into that. You got to have a passion for it. I mean, you think just because you're rich or you're a billionaire, you can afford to buy into one of these ex- exclusive country clubs. There's still work to be done. And I think that's the problem when you have what I call them trust fund babies that take over organizations that the kid, the daughter, whoever, the ex-wife, whoever does not have the same passion as the original owner. And sometimes that can happen. Certain organizations in professional sports, it doesn't really affect them. They've been able to show, you know, whether you talk about the Rooney family with the Steelers, um, you know, you can go to Lisco. You talk about Yankees. I mean, you know, some people are starting to question how, like, are you really in your father's DNA? Because he wouldn't stand for this. Okay. He would have told Boone to kick rocks a long time ago, even if he did hit the walk-off home run against the Sox. So you have that come into play, but for the most part, you know, I give them, you know, Steinbrenner credit. I mean, there's a passion that's still there. Honestly, I think the Cowboys with the Jones family, they're not going to have that problem. Uh, you know, uh, God forbid when that day comes and Jerry is no longer with us, I don't think Steven or his daughter is going to lose passion of running the Dallas Cowboys. I think they're going to do it a little bit with their twist and their way, but they're going to honor their father's wishes and the passion. We don't have that in the 210. We don't. I said I can count on two fingers how many times I've seen this young man. Speaking of Holt Jr., and they've really been one to try to damage control about the rumors of Austin, and then the other time when they got Wimby. So there you go with that. Also, speaking of last night, uh, the Nuggets spoiled Doc's return to the sideline. Um, now the Bucks had won about two or three games in a row uh, since firing Griffin with their intern coach, uh, but last night they fell to the Nuggets one thirteen to one oh seven. Paid attention to this this game. Um, you know, I think the Bucks came out and pretty much controlled uh, the first half. Uh, the third quarter is kind of what got you know away from them a little bit. The turnovers to me. And, you know, I don't want to kill Doc because uh, it's his first game. I mean, you already know how I feel about it. If not, go check the podcast from a week ago, sportsgroundonline.com. You'll see how I feel about the hiring. Um, but the reality is a couple things. Uh, looking at that, and, and I know how Doc can be sometimes with rotations. And sometimes Doc overthinks things. But, again, this is his first day on the job with the Greek Freak and Dame Dollar. But when you get in this type of game, which had a playoff type of feel to it between two teams that arguably could possibly, I doubt it, but could possibly meet in the finals against one another, you're only going to play this team twice. Speaking of East Coast, West Coast, Eastern Conference, Western Conference. You know, when the Joker's on the court, Giannis needs to be on the court. When Joker gets his rest, then you let you Giannis gets his rest. Um, because that's really where, you know, the depth of Denver and then also the rotation, which Doc has 
a rhyme or reason why he had that rotation. And some of it can make logic where you're like, hey, well, we're going to try to see if we can steal some minutes or keep this lead or stay close while we get Giannis a blow, why Joker's out there still. What, uh, it, the, when you don't have, because I don't believe Milwaukee necessarily has the depth that they've had in the past. I really don't. Um, they will be a better defensive team under Doc. Uh, now, how far that will take them, I don't know. But the reality of it is you, you're, you're not as deep as the Nuggets. And when you're in that game, uh, basically trying to get a ball game, trying to keep it win, send a message, may see you in June, whatever. Giannis needs to be on the court when Joker's on the court because it's a big difference for the Bucks in a matchup like that. Now, if they're playing other Eastern Conference teams or Western Conference teams that are lesser than them, okay, you know, Giannis can get a 10, eight-minute blow while Dame's out there or vice versa while they're other superstar. But when you play the Nuggets, the defending champs, and you got a big as dominant as Joker – there's really no, you know, we see 10 to 15 0 runs. Uh, they're frequent every night in the NBA, every damn game almost. So a game can get away with you quick while you're trying to, quote unquote, be creative with your matchups and all that instead of just saying, hey, it's black and white. Their best players on the court, our best player needs to be on the court as well if we're trying to win this game. But that's his first game. First game is under the books for him. We've got some other NBA news, too, that we'll get to when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing to spend the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. If you're looking to check out what's the latest new products coming in, or you already know what they have, but you just want to deliver straight to your doorstep, don't forget about SpecsOnline.com because the fun starts here. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 
877-37-GRIND. All right, so keeping it moving a little bit to the NBA theme. So, um, yeah, so the Nuggets were able to go ahead and get a W uh, against the Bucks. Um, now, the thing with me was the kind of message coming after from the Bucks side of things and Giannis and everybody, be patient. We got to be patient. Okay. It was about as patient as y'all was with Griffin. Like, let's be patient. Are you no. following him on IG now? No, Twitter? I'm following no. reading his diary. Mm-mm. He just pops up on rotation in regards to the two when I'm watching either Sports Center or sometimes if there's a, yeah, sometimes on social media he'll come through, but his post came, yeah, that wasn't going to pass me. Like, be patient now, though. You know, we're, we had the best, second best record in the East behind Griffin, but Doc's here. Let's be patient, everybody. I feel nah. like you hit the notification bell to get, like, nah, every time man. he tweets or every time he posts Mm-mm. something. Ooh, what are you going to say? No, nah, man. I'm just trying to keep fair opportunity, equal treatment and opportunity. Okay? Mickey Mouse cannot be immune to it. Okay? So that's all I'm saying. I just thought it was crazy to come out with the word patience. After you fired a guy one year, not even a year in his first year head coach, but we've got a quote unquote champion NBA champion coach who's uh, pretty much, I don't know, feels like he's coached almost every team in the NBA, but he hasn't just over exaggerating. And then he's supposed to be coming in with this magic potion and just be able to hit the ground running, man. I mean, I know it's going to take time for them to understand it defensively, but that's one of those things that I just think is very comical that you say publicly. Like you can preach patience behind a closed door, but to go out publicly and talk about patience after firing a first-year coach head in. But we'll see how it plays out. Also, last night in the National Basketball Association, the Lakers fall in H-Town 135-119, to and old Dylan Brooks is up to his old antics. Um, being a bugaboo with LeBron, some questionable uh, plays, um, you know, kind of clipped a guy while he was going in for a dunk. Uh, you know, that's one of those unwritten rules. Uh, but to me, you know, with the Rockets, because we kind of alluded to it yesterday that, you know, they kind of cooled off a little bit. Um, you know, they had went through some games where they lost a few games in a row. Defense didn't look as stellar. But when you have LeBron and the Lakers coming in, the antenna is going to come up. Um, last night, looking at that game, the Rockets, even though, again, and I'm not a big Dylan Brooks fan because I believe he's being somebody in the National Basketball Association that he's really not. Uh, meaning like the tough guy, the goon, uh, because again at Oregon he didn't he didn't display none of that. Like if you go back and look at you know prior to him getting in the NBA, if you go look at a guy like Ron Artest, Ron Artest didn't all of a sudden say, hey, "I'm going to be this crazy tough dude," you know, and run into the stands at Auburn Palace and start a melee. Ron Artest was that guy in middle school, in high school, in college. That's the one thing that rubs me the wrong way about Dylan Brooks because don't know him from a can of paint, never met him. Okay. But the reality of it is, it comes across to be like, when did you all of a sudden become this tough guy? But with that said, when I looked at that game last night between the Lakers and the Rockets, um, the Rockets pretty much just bullied them, period. And, you know, Rockets ain't no veteran team. I mean, yeah, they got Van Fleet over there. Um, You know, their head coach has been around the block. But for the most part, they're a young team as well. 
And if you are a Lakers team that has quite a bit veterans and you got uh, arguably in some people's eyes one of the GOATs, the greatest ever played a game, I mean, you can lose on certain nights if this is just the NBA we live in. I mean, it's different. And I'm not trying to over-exaggerate. It's a different league. Okay? There's a lot of lopsided scores. There's a lot of guys melted it in. Uh, you know, I was hearing Kendrick Perkins this morning talk about, like, look, all these dudes getting 70. You know, we had 270. Like, at the end of the day, and don't want to sound an old guy in the rocket chair, but in the 90s and 80s, somebody's laying their ass out that ain't nobody getting 70 because 60. Somebody's going to get ejected. So, to me, the league um, in particular has come very questionable when it comes to toughness and where is the mental toughness. But the Lakers looked very soft. Uh, last night um you know these and, and again what's crazy about it is that the houston rockets could end up being one of those teams that the lakers if the lakers don't make a move and i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because remember last year this time we were talking the same thing i was talking the same thing and then rob palinka makes this trade and this move and then they get hotter than fish grease and they make a deep run so we've got a few weeks until the trade deadline, but if and I don't anticipate that them stay pat, but I don't know if you can catch your lightning in a bottle two years in a row and just make this magical move at the trade deadline, and it's just going to make a difference. Because if you're hearing some of the ner- names I'm hearing, whether they're Dejounte Murray, whether it's Trey Young, uh, you're giving some pieces coming back for that. So the team's going to look different anyway. So it's not like they're going to be able to add a Dejounte Murray or Trey Young or whoever. You know, and then it's like, okay, this is the team we're attacking. No, you're going to lose a bench guy, maybe even a starter, so it's going to look a difference. But as we stand right now, what made yesterday's loss and their effort more alarming, because the Houston Rockets could be a team that they end up competing for for a playing spot. Like these losses, like, I mean, if you go look at their records, I mean, it's not that much of a difference between those two teams' record. Rockets are a game behind the Lakers. You see what I'm saying? So to have that attitude and to take that notion into last night um, is puzzling. And the Lakers are not a team like the Boston Celtics, the Denver Nuggets, um, hell, even to the Clippers for that much, even though the Clippers ain't proved nothing to us. They look good now, but they've got a good – even though I've been a Kawhi fan and a Clipper like Tyronn Lue, they've got to show it to me in the playoffs. I don't care. They can go and get the number two one seed. they got to stay healthy for one and then continue that. But I'll even throw the Clippers in there. Um, they don't have – the Lakers don't have the margin for errors, those other teams, meaning like you can't stroll into H-Town Okay, and just say, hey, man, we're going to take tonight, man. You're going to stop by Trill Burgers. You're going to try Trill Burgers. Let me hit Bun B up. And just say, we're just going to come through. You got to try to win that game. And you got to compete. And if not, these losses could add up. And the next thing you know, LeBron's 21st season is all about individual stats and all oh, this guy's playing and nobody's played this, but your ass might be home. And I'll keep saying this. Um, you know, um, Yes, they got a ballroom bubble championship, the Lakers in COVID. That was played in a ballroom, man. After a four-month get-healthy layoff. Yeah, uh, but we took sports the any way we could get them going through that period. But make no mistake about it, the Anthony Davis situation, in my opinion, still hasn't worked out all the way like it's supposed to. Okay, uh, because there's no reason why LeBron – should have to be, regardless whether he can or not, 
having to labor every night just to keep them in games or having a chance to win a game. And I will tell you also as my assessment early on as we sit on January the 30th, um, when I look at the Lakers, it, it's one of those that something still, it, 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 and maybe that's part of the aggression, is still basically kind of missing uh, from last year. Um, but because I see a bunch of guys that are in their roles, but they're just, it, it's, it's a little bit different from that edge. And, you know, again, Darvin Ham has, you know, a month ago he was starting to get those, you know, rumblings a little bit, um, you know, and then, you know, hey, Darvin Ham lost the locker, and then they kind of died off because they started playing a little bit better. Uh, but he was the coach last year, and something just basically, you know, feels a little big. And I'll tell you this right now, uh, I like him, okay? I think he's, he's put in a lot of work to even get to the level where he's at. Uh, nobody gave him anything. But Austin Reeves, that he's like, to me, it's the prime example to what's different when I always say about being the starting quarterback and the backup, meaning like you can be this great story and you can be this talent and he went on and played with the Olympic team and he's probably going to be committed to Olympic. But when they, gave you, when they give you that bag, when they give you that contract and then you kind of are in the bright lights of L.A., it's like that. He started off the season very, really struggling. He picked it up a little bit, but, you know, he hasn't really been able to be a guy either like last year they could count on consistently. So we'll see where the Lakers go from here, but that's a loss last night against the Rockets. Uh, you got to find a way uh, to win that game. It's like you go and win a thriller on the road in double overtime against the Golden State Warriors. Okay, LeBron and, 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 and Steph put on a show, but then you follow up with a game like the Rockets, which is not chumps, by the way. I'm not trying to tell you the Rockets or the Wizards or anything like that or the Hornets or the Spurs. No, they're not. They're more formidable, but and still, that's a game that the Lakers are supposed to win. 877-37-GRIND. Also, sticking with the NBA theme as well, I alluded to it earlier. Uh, the T-Wolves get a big road win, 107-101 against the Thunder. And uh, Edwards, after the game, uh, even though he was victorious, uh, he just ripped the ref, said that they're cheaters. Just said that, hey, we didn't get no calls tonight. Uh, he even said that he'll take the fine. Uh, but he was very adamant. And this is the interview, not at the postgame podium. This is the interview right on the court afterwards. Uh, but really, you know, and, and again, I'm going to tell you, uh, Alexander O'Gill, he he's uh he's special man. SGA. As he's special. He he's got he's got next uh up there. Um he's only going to get better. Um I think for without a doubt as we talk about Brunson in New York and what he's doing with the Knicks, you talk about you know Gill, I I just think those are guys, especially as you you need. I mean, it ain't far fetched to talk MVP talks with those dudes either. I mean, they're balling now. Last night, I thought it was very enjoyable to see him and Edwards because I knew it was going to come down uh, to those two individuals and how who was going to will their team um, pretty much to victory. And 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 kind of Edwards made some key shots. Carl Anthony Towns, I wouldn't want him nowhere near my team. He's talented. Uh, he was a bystander in the pretty much for the fourth quarter and toward the end of the game. A lot of loose balls I saw that he didn't want to dive on the court to get. And, you know, part of me is torn because I hate being critical of Anthony Towns between the lines because I know what he's went through personally off the court. You know, when we speak to Cubs, I mean, I mean, what, four, his mom plus four or five other family members 
killed, died because of COVID. I mean, he's he's had some tough breaks and he's a good guy. But between the lines is where my criticism is only with him. I just think that, and, and a lot of this is on Minnesota. You know, we talked about it a couple weeks in the show uh, when the head coach kind of called him out for being immature, when they were worried about getting him 60 points and they end up losing a game against the Horns they're not supposed to lose. Um, it's it, A lot of this is on them, but Carl Anthony Towns is just not, I mean, to me, even though we know that it didn't look and we were wondering how's it going to fit and do they really fit? And it's still botchy. But now I can understand more why they probably felt that they had to go out and make the move for Rudy Gobert. Because Rudy Gobert is, you know, and I'm not trying to tell you that he's some enforcer, you know, that he's some damn Charles Oakley or something. But the reality of it is he's got a little bit more even grit and physicality he plays with. Than even Big Cat. Well, he is like a two-time defense player of the year. Yeah, well, I don't know. I know he can put in work, but I'm just telling you, if Carl Anthony Towns was doing what he was supposed to be doing, they wouldn't have to necessarily go out and get a Rudy Gobert because they've come a long way when since they first acquired him last year because uh, it still doesn't look that clean when they're both on the court. Now, defensively, if you're talking about protecting the rim and everything like that, I mean, who wouldn't want to have those? But Carl Anthony Towns, he plays so small. He really does. I mean, he spends more time behind the three-point line. That's a broken record. Everybody and their mom that pays attention can see that. I'm not breaking news. But it's just frustrating watching him because he is so talented. I mean, he really is. But he just he, – he hasn't had a coach. And, again, as owners and general managers in the NBA, you've got to walk on eggshells with these guys. You can't do anything to piss them off. And sometimes, you know, like the youngsters say, you can't keep it 100 and keep it real with them because nobody in that organization has really stood up to him to really say, hey, man, you know, look, we're going to have a shot to compete. okay, with Djokovic. okay, with some of these other teams or we run up, even if we would come out and we're going to compete with the Embiid's of the world or whoever we're talking big guys, you got to bring it. You can't be camping out at the three-point line. You got to bring it. And sometimes, especially last night, even though they won, because I watched that game, even though they won, that was more about the supporting cast and Edwards just really in a hostile environment because OKC's been tough as hell to beat at uh, Chesapeake Arena this year. Okay? The reality of it is, though, Big Cat was there for the ride. He was just there for the ride, in my opinion. But they got the victory, and I'm eager to see because if I'm – if I'm a guy or if I'm working in the league office and I know there's protocol and there's rules and you can only go with what the collective bargain agreement would be, but I challenge it anyway. Because if a guy's going to sit there and rip my officials and say they're cheaters and then tell me, yeah, I'll take the fine. I'm trying to hit his ass. Oh, you want the fine? Well, let's hit you hard then. So I'm eager to see what Braylon Edwards' fine is going to be. But the one thing I will tell you, I give him more credit and say it's more validated and you get more ears to listen when you do that after a win. When you do that after a win, and you still, especially on the road against a team like OKC, and you still gonna sit there and let the apple sack hang and say, "Look, man, we were cheated tonight. These refs is horrible." That's a little bit more credibility to me. And then when you do it after loss, and you sound like it's sour grapes. Eight seven seven 
3-7 grind. Also, last night, uh, the Clippers fall to the Cavs, 118-108. Uh, the Cavs been playing good ball of late. They balling as well, too. They're a team that's, you know, I think they're flying under the radar at the East. I don't know where I feel about them yet, but I think they're flying under the radar because the Knicks are sucking up all the oxygen in the Eastern Conference and also, you know, this whole situation with Milwaukee going through coaches, get Doc, and then the play with Boston. Cleveland just flying under the radar. I thought that was a good win against the Clippers because the Clippers been balling too. I mean, they did the, the Boston. They gave them their first loss a couple weeks ago. Uh, they've been victorious against some other top team. They went in. They beat the Nuggets. Um, to me, I just feel that that is a very impressive win for the Cavs. And Cavs are one of those teams that I'm going to look at, you know, really where they sit in the East. Where is the Cavs? Speaking of that, even if you don't have it in front of you, let me know where the Cavs. I'm eager to see where they sit in the Eastern Conference. Where are they at? Uh, they're currently fifth in the East, okay. uh, behind those Knicks by uh, half a game in the standings. Okay. Um, so fit and just ahead of the Pacers, and, and then when you talk about the Cleveland piece, I mean they're they're, they're expected to get Darius Garland back, who's been missing time. Uh, Evan Mobley, you know, I think Evan Mobley's finally back in action. If not, so trending that way as well. Uh, but uh, Darius Garland missing time with the the jaw. Yeah, that's uh, right. So he's starting to come back. So they've been doing this without stars, awesome. just playing good basketball. And y'all know that you know, during, especially during the football season, I check in with Cleveland Radio. Uh, regarding the Browns and everything like that, but they'll occasionally talk, you know, Cavaliers even during football season. And they had a uh, Windhorst on one morning because you, know, yeah. you know, Windy being with his Cleveland connections. And uh, there, there was rumors. We just go back a month ago, and there was rumors that a JB Bickerstaff and his, you know, could be on his way out. Would they move, you know, Donovan Mitchell here at the trade deadline? But they've been able to keep this rolling. But you almost wonder if they're kind of stuck in that no man's land because hmm. uh, last year it was Cleveland, I think, in the four and the Knicks there in the five, and Brunson got it against Cleveland and knocked him out of the playoffs. So um, it's something to keep an eye on. Well. Everything's case by case, but see when you're Cleveland though, see a team a franchise like Cavs, it ain't it ain't really bad to be stuck in no man's land as long as you still winning competitive and you're a playoff team. I mean, we're talking about the Cavs who went through some lean years prior to LeBron and even nobody after LeBron. wants to be stuck in no. Well, man's when you land. say no man's land, I mean because they're the fifth seed in the East. Um, I mean to me, they're a young team as well. Stuck in no man's land is when you're just a bad team and you can't win and you, there's nothing on the rise. But I get what you're saying, though. But I don't look at well, the way. you're so close when you can make the playoffs, but you can't advance in the playoffs. It's the Cowboys going 8-8 eight and eight every year. You make the playoffs, but you can't advance in the playoffs. That's when it gets testy. But that's not the definition of SGE's no man land, though. But I hear you, though. But I hear you. But props to them. They're balling. Heck of a win last night by the Cavs. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here for the Maestro DeBell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, we'll be back. When life sounds too much like this... It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas. White Plains, New York.
Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 